magical place we could go. So close your eyes and make a wish for the skies with the angriest, flappiest birds and the seas with ridiculous fish. The Dutch Arcade Show is here again. Hey guys, what is up and welcome to the Touch Arcade Show, episode number 565. This is very special guest edition because we have with us today Lonnie. Lonnie of mobile game YouTube fame. Hello, that's others. me. Thanks that's for you. having me. You're Lonnie, yeah. Um, so it's we kind of We summoned interesting. him by talking about uh, Lonnie video last week What's week that? before. And we t- we t- we talked about a Lonnie video. I, I think, think we did bring you up on the podcast before. like a week or two ago. Yeah, um, I, I had in one context, but I had not checked into the podcast for admittedly a long time. And I was like on a long drive that day, this Monday, past Monday, I yeah. think. And I was like, I'll listen to the Touch Arcade show. And it was like sent me back to like 2013, <laughs> except you're talking about all the new stuff that didn't exist back then. And then I heard my name. Yeah. I'm like, it's destiny. I gotta hit it. There him you up. go. <laughs> that's awesome actually yeah well i was gonna say like it's it's kind of crazy because um i feel like you were like one of the first more popular like youtubers doing mobile game stuff um when everyone else still considered it trashy baby games although people still consider it that yeah but um yeah that was always kind of cool and then we always had like a (laughs) what's that it's kind of more true these days but yeah sorry that's kind of sad yeah um but yeah we always I, i don't know we've sort of crossed paths over the years in various ways and um we've definitely shared a lot of your videos on touch arcade over the years and stuff too um so it's cool that we're doing this this is fun yeah, absolutely a long time and, coming, it feels like i know right um and also i it's kind of weird because like um you started you were pretty young when you started all this stuff right and um you're kind of like i mean i'm an old man so i don't have this you know I can't really relate to this sort of thing, but you're one of those people that kind of like went through adolescence on video. <laughs> yeah. First wave and, YouTuber. Like, yeah, kind of. I guess. <laughs> Which is weird to think about, but I mean, like third gen TikToker or something probably. So right. it's all a thing of the past now, but I mean, yeah. Uh, it's been is a while. That weird? I... Is that weird for you? Like if you go back and watch old videos and stuff and you're like, oh, holy crap, you know, like I'm just I'm a very different person now or or whatever. Yeah, it's been super cool. I mean, I like going back and it, it's just a nice way to keep memories and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it is getting weird now that I'm older because I didn't expect for it to like go on this long, sort of. Yeah, yeah, but, right. I mean, it's still fun. I like doing it. I don't think That's I'll ever good. stop. So, I think I, something I've always been curious of is like um, you were one of the first people that I maybe it was on my radar that was that really led by doing like the multiple channel thing. Like you had Lonnie mm, and Lonnie mm-hmm. dose. And I think there was, uh, is there another one or am I crazy? Or is there just there's another there? one now we're pushing the Lonnie shorts channel. We got to, I mean, like, was that ever kind of like a struggle of kind of maintaining both of them when it seemed like the iPhone game one was doing just like so much better. I mean, cause I don't know. I guess the business of YouTube is interesting to me as an old person that yeah. watches stupid shit. I think uh, it's kind of common for YouTubers to have like their second thing blow up because that's where like the pressure's off, I guess. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so yeah, maybe I think it was just a little bit of that. Like I was just like, I'll try gaming stuff. And then I did Nintendo games for a while and no one mm-hmm. watched it. And then mm-hmm. I played Doodle Jump and Temple Run. I'm like, oh, no one else is doing this because there's like a, no one knows how to record their phone kind of yet. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it wasn't yeah, really that for sure. easy. For sure. Uh, God, I remember yeah. the early days of Touch Arcade. It was like uh, Arn had me recording uh, basically like with a little like handy cam recorder of the actual oh, yeah, fucking like. Those screen yeah. of the phone and it was like it, uh, the worst thing imaginable because it was like it, it was impossible to ever like get a good image with no glare mm-hmm. with everything like in focus right and the white balance right and the lighting right like yeah like when people watch... would do let's plays off the tv with the camcorder yeah. over the shoulder yeah. or whatever <laughs> i mean god i i I don't remember what video I was looking at. I think like one of the early Grand Theft Auto ones like popped up uh, from the Touch Arcade thing when it was a, a Handycam video. And I was mm. just like, fuck, that was, that was so much setup. Like I dreaded it every mm-hmm. time when Arn was like, this game needs a video. And I'm like, fuck. Mm-hmm. Okay. Was it like magical when we get to like um, Elgato's or whatever and you just like plug a cord in and record direct from your screen and it was like a game changer. Yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah. we did so much more video capture stuff when that happened. Yeah, I think that's when you guys started streaming on Twitch, and that's uh, how I yeah, found the, it. the the wild uh, the wild west of um, the front page of Twitch kind of being a kingmaker <laughs> for you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, going to Twitch.tv, see Eli Hodap there, just chilling, playing yeah, I mean, or something. They were they were like they did this like big thing where they like really wanted mobile content. Um, mm-hmm. you know, because mobile was blowing up so much, but there was like pretty much no one that was doing, um, kind of like just generalized, like we're just playing new games this week, kind of streaming, like, and, uh, you know, I, I think that that kind of maybe hurt touch arcade in the long run, maybe mm-hmm. compared to these people that have seen like, uh, just amazing success by like rabbit holing down like one specific free-to-play game or something like that you know Flash yeah. Royale or just hyper focusing on that yeah, yeah which i don't know to me always seemed crazy to uh you know like i guess like tie your cart to someone else's horse to, so to speak you know in such a yeah. extreme extent because like i don't know i feel like you kind of saw this you still see this happening with like every big new game that comes out it's like some random person is like I am going to, this is probably going to happen with Warcraft, uh, what's that, Arclight Rumble or Warcraft Rumble. It's going to happen yeah. with this. I mean, it's the same cycle every probably. single time where it's like mm-hmm. a big free-to-play game comes out and all these people you've never heard of before are like, I am a Warcraft Rumble streamer. Like, this is, <laughs> I'm making a go of this and I don't yeah. know, like it's, sometimes it hits, sometimes it doesn't. Like, there's like two people that seem to be doing okay streaming like Marvel Snap right now. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It seems like a fickle well, it's interesting. I always think back because um, we started doing Twitch when Twitch was still like a very new up and coming thing. Mm-hmm. And um, because there wasn't a lot of mobile stuff, we did get like, like really great treatment, front page featuring, like all, whenever we went live, like, you know, it was really like cool, the kind of things that like people would kill for nowadays. And then um, and then Mob Crush came along and that yeah. was like a new streaming <laughs> platform that just had loads of money to throw around to try and make their mark. And um, we actually ended up partnering with them to to stream exclusively with them, and um, left Twitch behind mostly, I think, or maybe we well, dual stream on both or something. But it was because at the time, and I don't know if this might, I, it's hard to believe this would still be under any kind of non disclosure agreement. But like, yeah, um, at the time, 
it was like we were making like almost no money on Twitch. You know, it was like I yeah. remember I did the math um because like fuck dude like particularly when we had um so it was weird it was a weird time right where it was like we had front page featuring i think for four hours on wednesdays or thursdays the idea was like they wanted Mm -hmm. me to like download all the new games and basically like do our out now post but on twitch right right Um, right. or, or stream any other mobile thing that seemed interesting right and like the viewership numbers that we got were in my opinion like pretty outstanding like it was Mm -hmm. it was pretty i would i would have between like five to ten thousand people watching which like back in the day it was like oh fuck dude a that lot. is crazy For mobile numbers, stuff right? yeah um but there was like no way to monetize twitch at the time like that was kind of yeah. i feel like it was like just at the start of when they offered like channel subscriptions but mm-hmm. that felt really weird to like have people like pay me money for something that i was like doing anyway like that that vibe you shouldn't had, feel weird about that well but i'm saying like that that vibe had not really matured yet you know where like now mm-hmm. it's like a very common thing where it's like oh yeah, yeah i like this channel like of course i subscribe to him like i want him to keep doing right. this like it's five bucks like like why do you care and i remember back in the day like us getting like a lot of shit about like oh it's eli on twitch panhandling again trying to <laughs> you know trying to get me to subscribe and stuff so right. it was like we were we were facing the brunt of that and simultaneously the um the concept of like paying someone to stream your game like for a marketing exercise didn't mm-hmm. really exist yet mm-hmm. so it was like you know the money that we were making from i mean i feel like we did pretty decent on subscribers and and ad views and stuff like that but it was like i did mm-hmm. the math and it was like fuck i get a job at mcdonald's and mm-hmm. like be making more money uh, for the amount of effort it took for and the, it, yeah, it, youtube the was kind of the same like yeah, youtube's no, you, return yeah. just wasn't good and it took too much time to put into it for the return on it well i don't um, think we were ever really good at youtube either like i think no, that yeah um you know and, and lonnie you excelled at this where it was like i, I feel like we just i don't know maybe too old or just like didn't uh like jive with like the youtube like personality thing that people are looking for like we had a very kind of like clinical um you know sort of approach whereas i don't know lonnie had a bit you had a big personality that has (laughs) to be a contributing factor to you becoming popular you know i mean i look back at those videos from that era and i don't know how people watched them to be honest but i mean i guess it was (laughs) the the problem is like that's how i felt at the time i was like i was like dude this guy's killing it and i'm happy for him but like i don't know who this appeals to but then it was like you'd look at your videos and it's like shit like a million people just watch this thing so I don't know. Well, I think I that's guess. the key is that you have a very distinct over the top personality and there's people that are going to love you and there's going to people that are going to hate you and there's really no middle ground and you just shoot for those people that love you and that's it. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But yeah, then I guess Mob Crush came along and we we're like, hey, stream on our thing and we'll give you an absurd amount of money. And I think everyone was like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, the Mob Crush thing is kind of crazy because like, um, yeah, we signed up, uh, we signed a deal with them many years and um and they never really took off in any meaningful way and um i don't think it's an exaggeration to say that they were like probably the bulk of supporting the channel our our website continuing to go oh for Um, for a while yeah i mean for sure for a while Um, and it was like when that deal ended and they were like oh we are not gonna renew this by the way and it was like yeah no (laughs) no kidding (laughs) um that's when i think we really had to hit like the panic button on like patreon and stuff like that because it was like oh crap here comes like a big revenue stream that's gonna drop off and we gotta figure out what to do let's dump this eli guy 
and <laughs> Pretty uh, much. that worked out. Yeah, I um, uh, I don't know the the but you know my, I feel like Bob Crush had a good idea at the time, right? Just yeah. like yeah, I I think Twitch had and too they were much really momentum. ahead with all the software and stuff too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they had a ton of really cool features built for for mobile stuff, which nobody else was really doing. Um, which yeah, I thought just stream like, from your iPad wirelessly with FaceCam yeah. in 2015. That was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, nuts. Yeah. Yeah, I remember I had a very elaborate setup for Twitch and was like, wait, I'm, I mean, I don't have to use this. I can just like push this button on my computer and it all just works like. <laughs> but, right. But I don't know. I think you know that I it would be interesting to see a alternate universe with Mob Crush and stuff where um, mobile gaming didn't kind of weirdly fall into this sort of like guilty pleasure that gamers don't really talk about Vortex, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I don't know, you know, Lonnie, I'm sure you experience the same, like talking to people where it's like, oh, I'm I don't I'm not a mobile gamer. It's like, oh, what games do you play on your phone? Well, I'm level nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine <laughs> on Candy Crush. Yeah, right. you know, it seems um, like it's a silent thing that people either don't even engage in at all, or they do, and it's they kind yeah. of feel like they're still too cool for it. But eh, since we're here, yeah, 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 no, it's I, like I don't like mobile games except for the six that I like and play every day. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. oh, I'm I'm max level on Clash of Clans, but I hate mobile games. Hey, buddy, you play more than me. Yeah, no, exactly. It's like, yeah, it's like your time commitment to get there. That is the hardest of hardcore mobile gamers. I'm sorry to break it to you. Um, <laughs> How does it feel to be a whale? Yeah, basically, <laughs> as they say. But yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I guess I can't really think of any of the Twitch competitors that took off in any kind of meaningful way. Yeah, yeah it kind of feels like we're seeing a repeat with all this kick and rumble stuff. It's kind of like mm-hmm. Mob Crush and Camcord, except with politics instead of mobile <laughs> games. Yeah. Oh, is that why I don't know about what those things are? Yeah, I yeah, try yeah. To ignore as much as possible. Yeah, uh, yeah. Rumble is like YouTube, but for far right wing people, and mm. um, there's a few Sounds different good. ones that are like that. But, but yeah, I remember like with, with Twitch, there was like a few that spun up that. Like basically just paid like all the League of Legends players an absurd amount of money. Like I think it was yeah. uh a Zubu Frost or some other goofy thing that just it was like all the League of Legends pros streamed on there for literally the minimum amount of seconds that was required to fulfill their contract, you know? Yeah. And then just went back to Twitch, you know, like with Ninja and Mixer and all that stuff. So I don't know. Somehow we survived. What uh Lonnie, what's like what platforms do you focus on nowadays? Like, are you on any TikTok or any of the newish stuff or? Uh, yeah, I post all my videos on TikTok and make mm-hmm. like specific content. It, it feels easier to like make new TikTok content than repurpose old content sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like it's mm-hmm. just easier to, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I'm on Twitch. I'm partnered with Twitch still. Thanks to Eli. He sort of got me in the door there. And then I think I had nice. I got banned at one point and he got my account back. That was you back were, when you needed you to know someone to, yeah, yeah. to be partnered. <laughs> Have you it seen just... what you have to go through now? It's like you just basically need nope. to unlock like six <laughs> achievements. It's like. No, nah, I'm uh... in the Illuminati. I don't even know how I got here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, now it's like um, it's it's pretty attainable uh, where it's like have 100 people at once watching your stream, have mm-hmm. like 100 followers. Like it's it's pretty clinical. And it's like, fuck, this is so much better than how things used to be where it's like no you just need to know someone that knows someone and hope that they like will check their email and like mm-hmm, what you're doing mm-hmm. and push a button on your account and congratulations <laughs> you're a twitch partner 
That's funny. Yeah. I um yeah, we are still a Twitch partner, which is hilarious because I don't think we've even gone live on Twitch in five years or something crazy. Yeah. And um uh, I still get these partner emails and I'm like, oh, oh. and like every once in a while I think like maybe I'll g- have a go at this again or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's the same old problem where it's like I don't have the time to do this sort of thing and keep the site going and whatever. And I don't know what the end benefit would be, even if it took off again or something. So, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to imagine uh, a generalized mobile presence really exploding randomly. Yeah. On Twitch. Yeah. If you, I mean, a, a hardcore touch arcade people would watch it, but that's a, know, that's a dwindling number of people. Yeah, this, nowadays, the stream of a small audience is pretty yeah. difficult to do anything with. Um, I actually, Lonnie, have a question for you too, speaking of partnerships and stuff like that, but, um, you had, or even, or maybe still have had a thing going with half brick for a long oh, yeah. time. I was doing a, it's over now. It ended in like 2021 or something, but, uh, oh, okay. Yeah. There was like a couple of years where I was doing a video on their channel every week. It was just like yeah. my normal sort of let's play stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, but I would do half brick games and yeah. yeah, they were awesome. They just let me do whatever I want and put it on their channel. That's sweet. Cool. Yeah. I know I would go to their YouTube to get a trailer or something like that. And there you would be. And I was like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> like got a little official partnership thing going with them. Hefrick was always been a really cool company, although it's a very different company now than it was many years ago. Oh, really? But um, yeah, they seemed. Uh, yeah, I don't think <clears throat> anybody we knew at Hefrick is still there anymore. I think they got like bought by someone or something else. It's like the I think there's a typical story of most of these early. Yeah things where it's like they got bought by someone in cleaned house and it's like all the cool people yeah. that you knew like got ousted in the process or i, don't I know remember. luke muscat who's the fruit ninja uh inventor and some other awesome games um he uh is making a game or something he has a youtube channel now or whatever he like went off the grid for a while and just like traveled and stuff like that because i'm yeah. sure those dudes just lined their pockets after they got bought they got bought like wow. by snapchat or something and, yeah um, they're uh pretty great got yeah acquired somehow with <laughs> oh. nebulous deal terms to snapchat and then yeah it was like Luke they all took just a two-year vacation and i was like that's awesome <laughs> it is awesome i'm so happy for those really good people but um yeah, it was just interesting because I've I've seen some people share his YouTube videos. He's doing kind of like a few videos about trying to make a game and, and stuff like that. But I don't know too many details, but I think that's awesome. I feel like it's probably easy to get jaded in that sort of situation, too. Um, when you get bought by a big company and you're kind of just used to doing your own thing and then kind of get told what to do. And I don't know. But um, yeah, I've talked to you. Um... I don't know. I don't want to name drop anyone because this might be kind of personal, but I've talked to, um, you know, multiple people that like mm-hmm. really hit it big back in the day with like, you know, one specific thing or mm-hmm. whatever else that are, are just now in this like weird spot where it's like, it's just like impossible to recreate the situation that resulted in the thing they made being popular. And yeah. now it's just like this weird kind of depressive state of like, nothing I do matters anymore because I'll never be able to achieve the same level of success that this thing that I did yeah. accidentally uh, <laughs> attained you know which like i can totally understand that mindset that's you know it sucks but i don't know i don't know it's it's easy for my position to be like man i wish i would have just got stupid rich off one dumb thing it could just never have to do anything ever again <laughs> sure. but like you don't really know if that really was your situation how maybe that's very unfulfilling maybe you want to do more and yeah i could see that being frustrating but yeah i don't know i would take it i'll just say that i would take that situation <laughs> So, yeah. So Lonnie, have you ever um 
Yeah, any stories you can share of like dealing with like your top tier YouTube weirdos? Because like <laughs> we've got some stories of dealing with just like general touch arcade weirdos over the years that uh, are fairly unbelievable for most people. And I'm kind of curious with the YouTube audience, uh, you know, like any like weird stalker behavior. Yeah, or... I was going to say, I think I remember you had an actual stalker at one point, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is pretty extreme. I don't think yeah. I've had anything quite like that. Yeah. Um, Man, the touch game forums back in the day were wild. Yeah. <laughs> I think I heard that story. I don't exactly remember how far it went, but I'm glad you're alive. <laughs> yeah, me yeah. too. Thank you. Because someone, I guess, long story short, someone uh created their own fake E3 pass, which looked <laughs> like like truly unbelievable that they would be able to get in. Unless like I think the security <laughs> guards were basically just like looking for uh, anything hanging around your neck. Yeah, it doesn't matter like, what it is. <laughs> yeah, if you've got a lanyard on, you're you're good to go. And then like yeah. tracked us down. It was extremely bizarre. Oh my yeah. god. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. scary. I, I have not had anything quite like that, and I hope that never happens. Me too. <laughs> no one's ever yeah. like walked up to my house or anything. That'd be weird. Yeah. Wow. I that's guess good. that's good. Yeah. Yeah. But, not. But yet. yeah, we're still alive somehow. Uh, still kicking. So, Jared, you want to go through some emails? Well. Oh yeah. So we did those. get a couple of emails from uh from some people here. Let me see if I can find them. Did I lose them? I did not lose them. Um, let me let me clear this spam out. Oh my god. Okay. Um. So, first up, we have an email from MDK. That sounds like a hacker alias. Um, who she says hello, <laughs> hello you two. Thank you for the podcast, and I have a few things I would like to bring up and hear your opinions on. Okay, bullet list time. The end of Mac Life Physical, which was the last major Mac-focused magazine. Oh, man. Huh. I have no opinion on this. What's I don't a read magazine? magazines. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember this. I was subscribed to it. It was such a bummer. Like, uh, as magazines were slowly turning into, like, shitty versions of themselves on websites. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. Mac Life, Mac World. Mm -hmm. um, kind of, like, all the Game Pro uh although i think game pro is still around these guys you put uh, out of business with your newfangled blog technology so. with this <laughs> yeah, <so. laughs> yeah, the cutting edge of blog blog posts to me the um, more amazing one was how uh macworld used to be a convention too yeah and like apple would do keynotes there yeah a convention it put on a by big, a fucking magazine like and now yeah. that's just like Imagine trying to explain that to someone now. It's like, why would yeah. what are you what are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. I went to a bunch of Macworlds with Arn because he would always go because it did used to be this was, I think, after Apple stopped appearing and started doing their own thing anyway. But uh Macworld was still like big, big for several years after that. And um I would actually go and was able to book quite a few appointments with game developers that wanted to show mobile games. So it, it was always like pretty fruitful. And then um yeah mac life i remember would put on the sf mac indie show or what some weird party that they had every year that was like we're all the oh, is that the same school, like mac people i think so maybe not yeah. actually now that i think about it but um yeah mac world was always like a fun time for me i always enjoyed it but um i can kind of see why it petered out i guess hmm. 
but yeah, as far as the actual magazine, I never read it or anything like that. Um, I think anytime a, a long-standing magazine goes out of business, it's sad, no matter what it is, really. <laughs> just because it's a sign well, of the times. But. Also, you know, a lot of these magazines, and I don't know if this is true of MacLife, but it's certainly true of a lot of them. They would get bought out by these other bigger companies and mm -hmm. they were kind of just like zombie versions of themselves before they quit publishing anyway, mm -hmm. you know, where it was that's like... pretty true. I mean, like that's certainly the case with like our local newspaper here. I mean, I subscribe to it just for fun, but they yeah. got bought a couple of years ago and now it's just like, oh, I'm paying $60 a year to get ads in the mail. <laughs> and yeah. they like killed all the local news coverage and stuff like that so. you're paying for barbecue starter basically um and then so here's a hard-hitting question for you eli uh -oh. um how can you how eli dislikes elon musk yet drives a tesla square that up buddy uh, in your twitter car i think that <laughs> elon musk is uh one person kind of fucking around in the upper atmosphere as <laughs> a talented team of engineers actually yeah. like make cool things. Um, yeah. You know, we've, I think we've touched on this in different aspects over the years, really, where it was like um, a CEO to something gets outed and everyone's like, you can't buy this anymore. And um, I think our, we've always been like, Man, the amount of things that we use on a daily basis that come from a company where the CEO is probably a huge dickhead is <laughs> you would un, it is unbelievable. It's just the fact that these people get caught up in a public like scandal that outs them as being terrible makes people want to like boycott a product or something like that. Um, and then, like you say too, like it's kind of hard to separate everyone else at the company that yeah. works hard and does a good job and they make rad cars. So. Um, just like letting the dude at the very top dictate that I feel like isn't totally fair. Like I also backed anybody that's like, you know what? I hate this dude and I hate what he stands for. And I don't want to support that. And I'm going to get rid of my Tesla and I'm not going to buy one. Like I yeah. support that point of view too, but I don't think everybody should like rush out and burn, burn their Tesla. I, It'll do that on its own. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, but, I will uh... say that I really dislike the fact that Elon's need to be like main character of earth has made yeah. it like synonymous with just Tesla in general, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I um, would be pissed if I worked at Tesla. I'd be like, Ugh, this yeah. guy, he does not represent all of us. Yeah. Um, but then again, there's know. people who just love Elon and don't think he's crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I like my whatever, car, but... but the Elon situation is definitely annoying to me. Like it would yeah. probably prevent me from buying another one, but yeah, that's not hard to say when it's like everyone is starting to make cooler EVs now. So that's true, too. It's like there's a lot of companies now that I feel like could hang with like Tesla just because they were like yeah. the first and the most accessible. But um, yeah, that won't be true five and 10 years from now. So, yeah. So maybe I don't know. Maybe. it's annoying. I mean, like if, if it was a simple I mean, the thing is, like, you know, getting rid of your car is not as simple as being like, well, I'm not going to use Twitter anymore. You know, like mm -hmm, that's kind of right. the thing. Yeah. So uh, I don't use Twitter so, anymore. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah I'm doing my part. <laughs> um, so your final answer is that you're a hypocrite, a hypocrite consumer. Basically. You don't care. Um, okay. Um, next question is, what happened to Eli's strategy of sports betting from random Reddit posts? <laughs> oh, I've done pretty good. I, uh, you still do that? I still do that quite often. Yeah. Um, what I like doing actually now is the uh, most of the betting apps have real time uh mm -hmm. real-time betting which is 
really kind of crazy when you think about it that like the things work fast enough that like you can bet like is this person gonna like strike out and that's mm. like the extent oh, of the wow. bet you know yeah. so it makes um it's turned me into like a weird sports fan in a way mm -hmm. because like before I was like I don't know sports are boring like oh, I ought to watch this yeah. you know and now it's like well I got 50 cents riding on whether or not this guy's going to strike out so this is actually really entertaining <laughs> that's the same phenomenon happens with fantasy sports because hmm. every time I play fantasy football with the friends or whatever it's like I could care less about watching NFL football but then when I'm in fantasy I'm like I'm watching every game and I'm trying to see how everyone's doing because it matters to my team or whatever which yeah. I think is a cool reason to play to get you invested in stuff that you otherwise wouldn't really care about because it's not your team or your sport or whatever so yeah I that mean, with money wrong. that's a winning combination it's not like i'm cleaning up or anything i think i've invested a total of like 200 dollars, and i think my DraftKings balance is like 500 bucks so it's not like i'm Oof. like Oof. really like cleaned up or anything but i don't i don't do big bets i just do enough to like yeah make Win. it interesting you know which is make like i'll fun. put a, a dollar on this and see what happens and that's interesting I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. I don't do any of that sports betting stuff, but it does sound fun. Yeah. It makes watch. Yeah. If you're going to watch a, a game, it's more fun to bet on it. I think so. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, next question is what happened to quest Lord two? Um, yeah, that's a good question. As far as I know, it's still coming. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was supposed to launch in like 2018 or something like that. Um, let me see if I can look it up real quick. Cause uh Looks you know like, uh I don't know. February 20 22nd, 2022, there's a crowdfunders playtest release. That was the last time it was updated. So um yeah, it's been in the works for a, a long, long time. Um, we have a story that's like Questlord 2 is coming next week, December of 2018. And I actually remember that because I was so looking forward to it. And then like the the 23rd hour or whatever, before it was supposed to launch, they a critical bug was found and the launch was postponed. And that was now five years ago. So um, we've heard bits and pieces. It's entirely developed by one guy. And, um, you know, I, I know he's had his share of like struggles putting this thing together and real life issues and stuff like that. Oh, so yeah. here you go. Here's a Reddit post from one year ago from the developer. Mm -hmm. That's basically apologizing, saying he's doing the best he can other than the small like crowdfunding campaign. There's been no money going into it and he just mm -hmm. needs, you know, it's, he needs money to pay his bills and eat and all that yeah. stuff. I, um, it's interesting to me because I've always wondered about this game and, um, you know, I feel like if you were like, days or even hours away from releasing a game and then all of a sudden something comes up and you can't like that means the game was like done right so you know why what has happened that didn't allow you to just fix that thing and release this guy yeah um did you know things snowball from there or, or what um and i also get the feeling like quest lord one was like a really big game it was like a big success i would say and and really like beloved um, I feel like there's probably a lot of pressure to release a follow-up to that. Like when a, a band releases a great first record, like the follow-up album is always like difficult yeah. and um, more like scrutinized, I guess. And so maybe that plays into it too. But um, I don't know. I was super bummed because I love the first Quest Lord and then this happened and then it's just been sort of like almost ridiculous. Like, okay, I, I don't even like look anymore to see if it's like still coming 
campaign or anything like that. I'm just like, if it shows up one day, it shows up one day. Cool. Um, but I am happy that he did go back and update the first one. So it's like full screen and works on all the new phones and stuff like that. And I, I replayed through it. Super fun. And I might even just do it again because it's a really good game. But yeah, I don't know. I'm not like, not like anxiously awaiting it anymore or, or whatever. And I also am not like, you know, I hold no grudges about it because life happens and it's hard to make a game. And especially when you're just one person or, or whatever. But I think probably, you know, it's, it's a tough position to be in to have a release date and have this thing coming and then have to change everything while everyone's already knows about it. Right. Like this yeah. is the sort of thing you would like to have happen behind the scenes without having even announced anything yet. Cause then you have to deal with all the fallout after you, after you delay it. So, yeah, I don't yeah. know. I, I wish that I've, I've told people this, that like, it's like everyone falls in the same trap where it's like, we did a crowdsourcing campaign for, yeah. and we, and we thought that we were in the fucking money making $25,000 on this. When in reality, it was yeah. like nothing to build a game. Yeah. Now there's just like this constant guilt of like, I just yeah. like can't finish this thing. I mean, like I've told this like straight up to the developer of Drifter. I'm like, just yeah. fucking say this is it. Like release yeah. it. Like this is version 1.0. Yeah. Here's the game. Uh, I, I might update it as time allows. Well, that was one that was on a similar, has very similar story where it was like, um, it did finally get released in early access and um, it's like a, it, it could be called like a, a done That's game. What I'm saying. Like, you I know just, what I mean? put out a small little patch hey this is 1.0 yeah. this is this is a retail release here's here's a code for everyone right and like if i can that... keep working on it and adding to it i will but otherwise this is like a i don't want to say minimum viable product but kind of right like yeah. it's this is a, a finished game it's what i set out to do it's not everything i want it to be but also that was a very ambitious game um but i do i think I'm pretty sure if you, I think um, Lava Level, the maker of Quest Lord, has like a Patreon or something. And I think if you're a Patreon person, there is like an early access build. Like there's a playable that you can get, I think, by being a supporter somehow. I don't know. But um, so, I mean, the game is out there. It exists. It's playable. People are playing it. Um, we're just missing that point of them thinking it's finished enough to like actually call it released, which is yeah, I'm interesting. I'm not sure if that. it's a Kickstarter or a Patreon. I can't find either, so... Yeah, I don't know. I I think um Oh, it's on coffee, the or oh. Kofi or however you pronounce that. Kofi. I always say Kofi in my head, but I think it's pronounced coffee. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Um, but anyway, yeah, I don't know. I if Quest Lord 2 comes out someday, I'll be really happy and I will play it. But other than that, not paying a whole lot of attention to it. Cause um at this point, I've stopped getting my hopes up, I guess is the best way to put it. <laughs> yeah. If it comes out, um, it does. Cool. If not, yeah. whatever. Um, last question is for me. It says, Jared's recommendation of kid-friendly apps. Um, that's a good question and something I've actually, over the years, I've like thought like, man, Touch Our Kid needs like a dedicated, because when I started having kids and stuff, I was like, some if I go looking for like good kids app, it's very rough waters to, ne to negotiate because there's a lot of like crappy, gross stuff out there. Um, as opposed to like actual genuinely good for kids to play type stuff. And it would be really handy to have a website where you could just go and like look up that sort of stuff. But same kind of deal with our streaming stuff where it's like, I don't know if I have the time to take on that sort of project. But um, I do play some mobile games with my kids, my four year old. 
And um, Apple Arcade is like the my biggest recommendation for that sort of thing because you can pay five bucks a month and there's like endless really good kid-friendly games on there. Um, we in particular play a lot of What's the Car or What's What the Car from oh, the, what the, the what the Golf, golf people. Yeah, yeah. Um, good game. What the, what the Car is so good. Um, and uh, we played a lot of Jelly Car Worlds, which that's a classic iPhone game series. Um, and then we play a lot of the Cray Crayola Create and Play, which um, is actually there's a free to play version, too, that has like a subscription and all this crazy stuff. So it's nice to have the Apple Arcade version because you just get everything. They update it. It's seemingly the, the same pace as the free one. And um, it's just like a cool Crayola marketing tool, I guess. But it's got a lot of like little mini games where you can draw stuff or make color masks and put them on your characters and uh, dress up a bunch of characters and stuff like lots of different things to do and uh, my son really likes that game because you kind of have this big overworld you can cruise around and um, they're just different stations where you can pick different activities so we'll just kind of look around the world see what's going on there's a lot of interactive elements to just kind of play around with and then we'll hop into a little mini game or whatever and it's great like it's kind of endless entertainment if we're not playing like a, another specific game um, with like levels to beat like what the car or whatever so uh, those are my recommendations as of right now but I think Apple Arcade in general is just super fantastic for that sort of thing because you know right off the bat you don't have to worry about ads or uh, microtransaction stuff um, you can kind of just go nuts playing whatever so anywho uh, Lonnie anything to add to any of those questions you got your own input on anything we talked about uh, well I have a three-year-old cat uh, he likes yeah. playing Ant Smasher. If he plays one of those silly cat games where the bugs run around, yeah, like slap the <laughs> iPad. Uh, I had a I had a cat that did that too, which um, was like always amazed me that they were like, I don't know, it worked. Like their touch input works on the screen yeah. and stuff. It tripped me out, but yeah, he loved that stuff. So. We, we've got a dog that's extremely reactive to the TV. It's really weird. Really, like, I don't know if it's like uh like a 4k thing finally makes hmm. it believable to them or whatever but it's like yeah. it is crazy like if there are if there's like a dog on screen it's like very specific things it's like the dog can mm -hmm. see squirrels on the tv and other stuff like it like blows our mind when it happens where it's like what's the dog freaking out about oh there's a squirrel in this shot <laughs> <laughs> i uh my dog doesn't care about the tv unless the doorbell happens that's a mean thing to do Play oh, a doorbell yeah. sound in a show. Yeah. Um, but that's yeah, funny. For, for us, it's doorbell, any kind of uh beeping that sounds like the machine that the mailman uses to scan packages. Oh Jesus, yeah. Don't yeah, we have a um old school like mail slot in our the wall of our the front of our house and it has a metal flap. So the mailman comes and lifts drops the mail in and drops the flap that makes a distinct sound that my dog will I think my dog might at some point bite my throat off to get to the door if I'm trying to hold him back. He goes into like scene red mode and um, scratches the hell out of my arms frequently. And uh, I wish I could change him, but I can't. So is he waiting on a letter or something? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he's got maybe he ordered something I don't know about. But um, yeah, annoying. So anyway, uh, Hacker Alias MDK, thank you for the email um lots of good discussion there based off that one and then i have another email uh from josh who has uh also emailed us before it's a kind of a long 
one. Settle in. It says, hi, guys. I want to reach out and thank you lots and tons for all the hard work you've put in, in this podcast. In a world of constantly shifting, attention-grabbing media, your podcast has always been something I could get truly excited about. When I get the TA alert in my podcast feed, it's not just another piece of entertainment, but an invite to hang out with two of my best mobile game-loving friends. Oh, I'm going to tear up. Uh, it's so interesting to see how the show has evolved over the years, and I've enjoyed watching it grow into what it is today. Jared does an amazingly poor job of keeping the show on track, while Eli allows me the experience of doing impulsive, expensive tech shit without actually having to get off my ass oh, or man. spend any money. I'm trying to get <laughs> wow, off that's that bus, though. Very, very good description of our show. Um, I'm so glad to have the show to look forward to every week. I do all my Amazon shopping through your banner ad. Thank you. Subscribe to your Patreon. Thank you. And even wrote you a stupid poem a while ago. <laughs> I just want you both to know that you're important to people like me and what you say matters. Uh, keep up the good work and thank you both very much. Josh. Wow, that is a very touching email. I don't know if I was prepared for that. Yeah, um, and that kind of reminds me of something I didn't say earlier that I wanted to when you were saying you didn't know if you guys were that good at the YouTube stuff. I disagree oh, yeah. because I do remember one of your few Let's Play videos. It's like a Minecraft uh -huh. video. You were playing Hunger Games or something. And at yeah. the end, Eli makes a joke like, and hopefully next time we'll find a server where no one wants to fuck our moms. <laughs> and I just have remembered that since he said it. Look at the I'm influence you had. You were an influencer, Eli. That's what I'm yeah, saying. That, that is the story of Minecraft, though, is it not? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I guess that's what makes it a good story. I've been yeah. uh I've been playing uh battle bits on the PC, which is like um kind of like uh I guess like a battlefield game, but with Minecraft graphics, you know. But there's uh, -huh. uh like full open voice chat, and that's oh, that's like the name idea. of the game is like uh you know say so they someone kills you and you stay dead for like 30 seconds because someone on your team can revive you potentially but mm -hmm. you're mm -hmm. just getting berated by the enemy team the entire time about all the things you're going to do to your mom and all this other <laughs> stuff yeah. i'll have to oh, check that like game out it's yeah. it's pretty good i mean it's only 15 bucks too so it's like whatever but you know if you can get past the minecraft graphics it's outstanding oh which for only 15 bucks some friends of mine is impossible to ask um, for but yeah the you just reminded me of a topic we could touch on this week is that um unpacking released i don't know if either of you have played unpacking on pc or switch or whatever else it's on. <laughs> i own it on both platforms does that count and never played it right yeah <laughs> Lonnie, any experience with unpacking i played it a little bit yesterday on my phone it was pretty fun i wasn't oh, okay like, i was kind of antsy i wasn't in the mood to unpack and i moved recently yeah, right. so it was kind of traumatizing <laughs> but here's this it was cool <laughs> Here's this job where you have to do like manual labor virtually. Um, but no, so unpacking, I remember like, you know, it's one of those games. There's so many games like this where I hear a ton of great things about them on PC or whatever. And I'm always like, oh, that'd be cool to play. And then I never do. But then it comes to mobile and I'm like, oh, cool. Now I'll actually well, play. It doesn't help that they eventually go on sale for like $2 and you're like, oh, I've heard yeah. nothing but good things about this. Yeah. It's yeah, a I'll Steam summer it. sale and with like. For sure. I'll, pay, I'll play yeah, it. A hundred other games um, for $2. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so unpacking though is like. um one of those games it's like narrative driven but no words or dialogue really and it's kind of like tells a story it's like a puzzle game sort of about like unpacking boxes of items and then placing those items yeah. in these new locations that the unnamed character is moving to or whatever and um and you kind of get told a story based on the items that you're unpacking and when and where and and stuff like that really like clever idea um 
and and it was like very critically acclaimed when it came out on other platforms because i guess it's a pretty heavy story or a lot of it is like you can kind of take away what you want to from it um and relate to it in your own way which is kind of cool but but being that it, it is that type of game it's not super long and um once you've beat it there's not like a real reason to go back and beat it again or anything like that um which i think is totally fine um fast forward to it being released as a ten dollar mobile game that's not fine with some people and they are very vocal about that <laughs> and so when it first launched like it was like people i think somebody called it like absurdly overpriced or something like that and <laughs> mad because it only takes a few hours to beat and hasn't this game won like done. a like a ridiculous oh, amount yeah. of awards too I oh mean, yeah like well, just like it's the same old problem. Like, I, I feel like I haven't seen somebody get riled up over like a price thing in a long time. But like, this is a common refrain from mobile gaming where it's like, oh, yeah. Oh, how long is the game? Because it's a five dollar game and I could get a 99 cent game that's 100 hours. And if so, this has to be 500 hours to be equal or, you know, whatever. And, um, you know, I don't know. I just think of those people. and It's like I think of myself and how many dumb things I paid for that were over in minutes that are more than like this game that's a few hours that's super meaningful and impactful and will probably stick with you long after and stuff like that um you know the people are just like well are there achievements <laughs> you know can i go can i replay it are the items in a is it random you know like ranked roguelike unpacking mode? yeah, yeah. Ranked, ranked mode. <laughs> um so i don't know i and it's like dude if you don't want to pay 10 bucks for a three dollar three hour game or whatever like that's cool with me too like i don't mind that but to like go off on a crazy tangent about how overpriced and terrible it is um it's just the reason we have a bunch of shitty free play games on mobile it's like that attitude right um and it's a 20 dollar game on like other platforms although yeah, sure it's on sale all the time i seriously just love how it's often the same people that are like I wish that someone would just make a good game on mobile. I just, I just can't yeah. pay once and there's no <laughs> bullshit and everything yeah. else. And then one comes out, it's like that same person. It's like 10 fucking dollars. Are these yeah. developers on drugs? <laughs> well, I, I meant paid premium 99 cent game, no more than two ninety nine. But um, yeah, I remember somebody's comment on Reddit when I forget it was another paid game that released and people were like freaking out about the price or whatever. And their comment was just sort of like, what do we want on mobile? Premium games. Whoa, not that premium or whatever. Where it's like, yeah. yeah, you don't actually want this, do you? You want free premium games. Yeah, I don't know. It's well, so the cool thing about unpacking though that that you didn't mention is um the the big to-do about it when it launched was like it, they didn't really it didn't seem like they marketed the game this way, but people quickly picked up on it. It's like, is every sound in this game like a unique thing? And mm. the developers like piped up and were like, yeah, we recorded like every item, putting it down in like multiple different ways and no way, all really? kinds of stuff like that. So this is a game that like the attention to detail and its sound design is like mm. ultra overlooked, but it's like one of these things that they put a, a ridiculous amount of time into. That's interesting. And and now knowing that <clears throat> I'm going to pay attention to that when I play it, because um the other bummer is like 90% of people play mobile games with no sound too. Yeah, so exactly. Like how many people would not even hear the sound at all? Yeah, um, I, I don't remember the level of, level of detail specifically, but it was like, uh, I want to say it was like for every item in the game, they recorded a sound for putting it down on every surface in the game. So it's like, 
or something <laughs> I, like i just remember the developer posting the screenshot of like oh yeah here's all the sounds in the game and it was like this enormous directory of like more sounds than you could ever imagine existing in a game for like any reason ever that is awesome i love hearing yeah. that yeah i did it, not know that play with headphones give it a go okay i don't know give it a go. i mean assuming you can afford a ten dollar game which is a uh high, get a second job yeah i am a big ask these days i guess and find a way yeah. Um, yeah. My, my, uh, cost to experience factor. We went to the, our state fair a few weeks ago. Oh, no. That really comes into focus when you go to the state fair and you spend yeah. $20 for 18 ride tickets and every ride costs four tickets. And you're just like, what the hell did I just do? Like, and I, we paid for our kids to go through. Right. So it's like a, the little kid ride area and it's like the worst, dumbest fun house. It's basically worse than a, a, a playground at a park. Do they and, not do um, the bracelet thing by you guys? No, well, so like... that's the other thing is they okay. do do the bracelet thing. And um, actually, they only do the bracelet thing now. There's no more paper tickets like there was the last mm-hmm. time I went to the fair. You actually, it's all automated kiosks, but they print out a little wristband that you put on yourself that comes loaded. And then you can come up and scan it and reload it. But we learned too late the money option is just bite the bullet and buy the unlimited ride wristband that's like 40 bucks instead mm-hmm. of buying the 20 dollar refillable one that you have to refill only can refill in increments of 20 um amateur so hour when we go time. next year we'll know but amateur hour amateur hour it was fun i don't care it was worth it but yeah hey i spent 200 dollars for four hours at the fair <laughs> and i wouldn't say i got my money's worth at all did you buy a 20 dollar uh, corn uh, dog at least yeah, we did. Oh God, the food is so insanely expensive. It's, I think I my meal alone was like thirty two dollars or something. Yeah, for a euro, a euro and some fries and a drink. We have a, a place nice. that just opened by us that it's like a, a tap room kind of mm-hmm. beer garden thing. But like they mm-hmm. because they don't serve food there, but there's always a food truck there, mm-hmm. and they like you know yeah. rotate through the the month and you know is it always something different, right? Yeah. But fuck, dude, like food trucks are so expensive. Like I, I, I cannot. I don't know. Like it's, I, I'm just too cheap, I guess. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I food trucks didn't used to be that way. Food trucks were like the crazy cheap, like tacos and stuff. And yeah. um, you know, and it was actually fast. That's the other thing that kills me is like all this high end food truck stuff. You go and you order, and you're standing out front for like 20 minutes oh, because yeah. they have because their food oh, yeah. is so comp. It's just as yeah, complicated yeah. as like a restaurant. So like put your phone number in the little point of sale thing, and we'll text you when it's done. Like, what yeah. The fuck. Like you need a yeah. system like this to. Make me a burger? Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. So. Oh man, we sound like the old men yelling at clouds. Yeah, I was hoping that Lonnie would spice things up being younger than us. But what's the haps, Lonnie? I don't what's know. Are a... you how much? How old are you, Lonnie? I'm a uh, 28. Yes, yeah, getting up there. Goodness. Yeah, practically a uh... hundred at this point, or at least in YouTube years. <laughs> in YouTube years, yeah. <laughs> I turned yeah, 40 this year, so I'm like I'm like a Facebook boomer comparatively. Yeah. Well, I'm 42, so wow. how am I older it's than everyone? Worse. I don't know. I'm used to in my friend group being the youngest. But uh yeah, you know. guys are making me feel feel old. Yeah, well, it is what it is, I guess. Um but um yeah, what? so have I convinced Jared? Have you installed iOS 17 yet? Lonnie, are you an iOS uh-uh. 17 guy? Uh-uh. I think I might have just got 16 the other day. Oh my god! <laughs> got to double check. So you're not on the cutting edge of of iOS betas. Definitely not. Why is yeah. there something cool coming out? 
Uh, well, so iOS 17 has created a system of haves and have-nots with um, the uh, thing that you can customize on your uh, like personal contact card. So mm -hmm. like if if I have like if you guys have iOS 17, I call you, you'll see mm -hmm. like the design screen that I've made of like my like is name and picture. Yeah, it actually is. It's actually Goatsy. <laughs> um, I'll wait until that changes. To <laughs> Hope they work out the case. But now when people call me, I know immediately if they are uh, stuck in the past on iOS 16 or even worse. Mm -hmm. Actually, you know what? I'm just going to assume that everyone that calls me that doesn't have a cool screen that pops up is on Android. You're just going to not answer. Is that just the deciding factor if you answer the phone or not? I don't know. There should be a uh, there should be a slider though where it's like uh, mute calls from un unknown numbers and mute calls from people that aren't on iOS 17. I you can there's probably a shortcut for that, and you can auto text them back. Call me back <laughs> when you've updated to iOS 17. Sorry, I don't think my you phone please. can connect to people calling me from rotary phones. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm not on it, but I, I don't know. I don't have anything against it too, because uh, it's pretty solid. You say, right? Yeah, I got. I mean, now is the time to do it if you're gonna. Although that's just gonna come out in a few weeks, I'm sure. But like, that's the true. betas are super mature, and there's like pretty much no problem with them anymore. Mm. Um, so I don't know. I you're don't missing know. out on the cool screen. I usually just wait for when you care. get like one phone call a week from someone who's not a telemarketer. You don't want to see yeah. their customized uh, yeah i think we should implement those little uh traffic sign captures for if you want to call me on the phone oh yeah <laughs> yeah and identify all the bridges before the the call goes through <laughs> yeah. i uh i am a little i honestly i am a little surprised that no one has come up with like some kind of system that's better than just like mute numbers from people that aren't in my phone because like mm -hmm. it's so annoying to me when it's like i have to toggle that off when I've got like a repair guy that I know is going to call me or like mm -hmm, something else I mm -hmm. need to answer the phone for. And it's like, fuck with this yeah. off dude, I just get bothered all day yeah. long by dipshits that are robocalling me. Then like, that shouldn't be a thing, right? Like, uh, no, you hear my dog going crazy. No, you're good. Oh, well, it sounds like a vicious dog attack is happening in my living room because the mailman just came. Oh no. So Lonnie, do you have AirPods? That. Do you have AirPods Max? Are you? I believe you... I'd have the AirPods Max. Well, no, not the big ones. Is that the big ones? Yeah, yeah, yeah the big yeah. ones. No, I got the earbuds. Oh well. So the are you are you guys up on the AirPods Max drama? This is the Apple drama of the week. The, I feel like the need, sweating like... Sweatgate or whatever. Yeah, Sweatgate. Uh, actually, I haven't seen anyone calling it Sweatgate. Is that what people are calling it? No, I don't know, but I I just briefly saw something about it, and it sounds like that's a fitting name yeah so it. apparently they're um I, I don't i'm not i don't have fancy headphones so i don't know the words for these things but i guess like there's closed headphones and there's open headphones and the closed ones are mm -hmm. better for some mm -hmm. reason but the airpods max being so closed are is not letting any kind of moisture escape mm -hmm. so what's happening is people are using these to like do things that apple advertised you being able to do them with such as like wearing them on your head yeah, like, and they're getting ruined uh, as a result. Well, I remember when they first came out a few years ago that it was already a thing because um, people were noticing like whatever this material is on the cups, um, it's it's nice, but it's not very breathable at all. And I guess it's probably more breathable than like the pleather or leather or whatever. But um, 
you'll notice, and I would see photos of people post online, like you'd wear these for a couple hours and you take them off and you can pull the ear cup out and behind it is like condensation on like the speaker, which mm -hmm. can't be good. Well, that's, um, yeah. That's so I think exactly... this is the result of years of that happening, yeah, yeah, yeah. finally catching it up. Yeah. But I guess like Apple is basically just like told people to go kick rocks when they like, you know, come in with like moisture damaged headphones. Yeah. Um, I, I only, I, listen to the music on these sometimes but not as much anymore because i feel like too closed off from like my kids screaming or something but um so i mostly only wear these for the podcast and we record for like an hour or so and when i take them off i have to leave them open to like air dry basically because you can yeah. feel that is like a cool in there a cool pair of 500 dollars headphones i'm so glad yeah. that i did not buy those. I love so many things about these, but there's some things that are just not good. I really hope they revamp them because I'll spend another $500. I'll well, give them Apple more money. My right AirPod Pro quit working uh, mm -hmm. in the last week or two and mm. is irritating me to no end. Because um, I've replaced seems... these things like so many fucking times. Yeah. Well, it seems weird that Apple's like not willing to do anything about this because it seems like when they have design flaw problems, like maybe it takes a while for them to acknowledge it, but like the butterfly keyboard thing was a big problem where everyone's like, Hey, my keys are failing on my keyboard. That's not a good thing. And they're just like, I don't know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. uh, and eventually they had to be like, okay, all right, we're going to change the design. And if you had any broken ones, we'll fix it. Like whatever. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think this is like really indicative of like the post iPhone Apple customer experience, right? Where it was like, yeah. Um, Lonnie, did you ever buy anything from Apple before the iPhone exploded? Like, were you like a PowerBook guy or anything like that? Uh, no, I didn't buy anything. I was oh. too young. Oh, oh yeah, shit. All right. Well, God damn it. <laughs> I had an iPod <laughs> Touch second gen. Nice. Oh, hey, me too. So, you know, before the iPhone exploded, it was like this, um, you know, buying stuff was like, I don't know, like almost felt like you were like a part of this like weird club you know like the the mm. apple think different thing i feel like really embodied like what it was like to be an early mac user where it was like yeah, yeah we're not we don't have this like fucking like corporate ass like gateway 2000 computer like i'm a mac person and like mm -hmm. that was like the vibe of the apple store and then you know because it was this like small little corner of like the world of computing it mm -hmm. felt like you got this like very like i don't know like almost like hotel concierge kind of like support yeah. experience where right. you know and, and it kind of didn't really matter the like severity of your problem you know it was just like right. you went into the apple store and you got this like very hands-on kind of um experience that it like didn't seem to matter if you know, like your printer just wasn't working right, or you had like a major hardware problem with your computer. It was like that person knew everything. That person could mm -hmm. solve your problem, and you left mm -hmm. with the resolution. Like maybe mm -hmm. it wasn't the resolution that you were expecting or maybe hoping for, but the problem was resolved. They went out of their way to make sure they tried to do something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because like fuck yeah, I remember I had um a seventeen inch power book that like just kept crashing on me and. You know, it was just like I was using it for work at the time. And it was just like really, and this was before everything was like in the cloud. And like, you know, I mean, yeah. shit, I could like unplug the cable from my computer right now and lose basically nothing, right? Because like mm -hmm. everything is like, you know, gracefully saved all the time and everything else. Whereas this was like, fuck, dude, I just lost like hours of progress on this thing over again. This really sucks. Like, it's really irritating. Like, you guys, mm -hmm. please help me. And like, spent like the afternoon there trying all sorts of stuff and it like wasn't solving the problem. So you just gave me a new one, like right then mm -hmm. and there. Just like, yep, yeah, all right, here you go. Yeah. Uh, you know, sorry, nice. I had this problem. Uh, yeah. 
hope this this should fix it and i was just like fuck that is crazy um but now it's like the default uh state of apple support is like when you go in with like what used to be a weird problem that would get that level of attention and some level of resolution is like Mm-hmm. Well, this is fucked up. We're not going to do anything. Like, this is moisture damage. Sorry, get out of here. You yeah, know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, User error too sweaty. Yeah, yeah like, uh, stop sweating. You. Sweat I mean, bag. I think like you know a lot Tim of people Cook made... doesn't sweat that much. <laughs> For real, <laughs> I, mean, I think work. like a lot of people made fun of the whole like you're holding it wrong thing with the yeah. iPhone four, right? Yeah. But like, I feel like that was really the turning point of that whole yeah. vibe of Apple just like going away. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So, they could definitely be more open to feedback or accepting that they screw up sometimes because there's definitely a sense of like, no, we're Apple. We didn't do that wrong. Like something else must be wrong. Well, or I, instead I, of immediately going to like, hey, maybe we screwed that up. I mean, I think that the, the bigger problem is they just hit a level of popularity and sales volume that's no longer possible to provide that level of like personalized, you know, service. It's true, anything, too. Yeah. Know? I mean, I, I get that, too. And it's probably... I don't know. I guess it's not so true in recent years, but I feel like up until 2015 or so, um, the Apple store experience was also better than any other store, right? Mm -hmm. Like you would go to Best Buy or something like Home Depot, like, you know, good luck getting help from anybody in there. Yeah. The Apple stores, they were a little wacky, but at least like you would get something like you'd you would get help somehow. Now I feel like you walk in and it's like, I, I don't know what to do. I just awkwardly stand there until somebody comes up to me and well, dude, the, maybe the comes one, up to me. The one that we go to it's a, uh, is it's like you you walk in and they're like, get in line, basically. Oh, like, yeah. oh I'm just here for a case. Well, you have to get in line because you go have talk to, to the person with the iPad that'll put yeah, you, you have in to talk to the person with the iPad to talk to the next person. Yeah, like, I just I can see the thing that I want. Can I just go yeah. grab this off the wall and just like pay someone for it? Yeah, you got to talk to the person with the iPad first. <laughs> yeah, this is annoying. Yeah. Um, uh, you mentioned old Macs and I was going through, I was like shredding a box of super old stuff that I had. Um, and I came across the, I still have the receipt from my first Mac that I ever bought. Uh, it just had its birthday. It's 21st birthday. I bought it on August 9th, 2002. This was the uh, G4 iMac, the dome with the flat panel. Oh, oh yeah. That was a cool dude. Computer. That is probably one of my all time favorite uh, computers ever. Yeah. Um, yeah, 60 gigabyte super drive. So I could burn CDs and DVDs, my friends. This opened up a whole new world. And uh, 256 megabytes, I guess that's the RAM. 800 megahertz G4. Uh, What'd you pay for that? $1,939. Oh man, that was a lot of money back then too. <laughs> yeah, it was a big purchase for me, but I had that computer for a long time and I loved it and used the hell out of it. And it was so interesting at that time. Like, I guess, you know, I feel like um, a lot of the Mac people that are around prominent Mac figures, I guess you could say, were the people who were also into Macs in like the 80s. And then also... Oh, here, this. so this is a fun one for you, uh, Jared. Mm. So you, mm. you basically spent $2,000 on that computer 21 years ago, mm-hmm. yeah? Mm-hmm. Uh, so per the... If you had invested in Apple calculator... Don't. I don't want to know. <laughs> Do you really not want to know? Would I be like uh, $2.3 million or no, something? No, only, only $94,000. Oh, that's it? Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, I think about that sometimes because I it, it was the year before, either the year or, the, or 2000 or 2001, I got my first iPod, the first click wheel iPod. And um, I wish I, I think about that where I'm like, 
man, I saw like all, you know, friends getting them and they're kind of popping up as like celebrities having them and stuff like that. I feel like I wish I had the foresight to just throw a few hundred bucks into Apple stock back then. Um, oh, wait, I'm but... sorry. I was missing a zero. It's actually 944,000. Sounds more right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, oh, I wish I had a time back to the future situation instead of the sports almanac. I would just buy Apple stock. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. So I, I feel like with the Mac people in the world nowadays, um, a lot of them grew up through the Macs of the eighties, right? The first big Mac boom, mm -hmm. and then lived through the nineties kind of downfall and then had a different perspective when there was a resurgence in the late nineties and two thousands. I wasn't really a Mac person up until i got that g or and up until i got my ipod really but that g4 was my first ever mac that was my own that it wasn't like a school elementary school computer or whatever so yeah. um it was like a really interesting learning process because i was a hardcore windows person all through the 90s and um i don't know i just feel like the the vibe of like using mac os back then was so different it felt very futuristic and it felt very like fun and friendly compared to like windows which just felt like I don't know. But buying into the Apple advertising. Friendly. Kind of. But it, I also think there was some truth to it, too. Um, but yeah, so I was like a Mac. And I'll never go back to not being a Mac person now. Um, and I have to use Windows occasionally. And I hate, I don't like it. Wow. So anyway. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. My story. Um, <clears throat> you guys got anything else on the doc you want to talk about? Lonnie. You got anything you want to plug or anything? Where can people find you nowadays? Same um, spots? Same spots. I'm Lonnie Dose on YouTube and Lonnie on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube as well. You I feel guess. like you're gaining momentum on TikTok. Like, I'd love to hear more about, like, what it's like trying to make a go on TikTok. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> so I'm sort of like the of the mindset of just working harder, not smarter. So I just make a lot of TikToks. I think I have like 4,000 <laughs> posted on there. Uh, and not all of them have gone up in views, but some of them have done okay. So for, uh, but for, I mean, like to make like dollar number one on TikTok, like what, what does a video need to do? You need to get like exponentially more than YouTube. It's like a wow. pennies on the dollar kind of thing. But I guess wow. if you're like also like a view is different on TikTok, so I guess it's not exactly a one to one, but yeah. Um, yeah, I was just like trying to figure out like the extent of the success that you see um some of these like TikTokers. Um, because I just like I don't know, it's hard to wrap my head around because like you know, I see like all this drama surrounding like the TikTok like creator fund and things like that, and people being like, Man, I had 20 million views on this video and I made $13 kind of thing, mm -hmm. like this is crazy. Yeah. And then, but then, you know, you see like the top tier TikTokers, like the Bella porches of the world and, and stuff like that seem to be living like these like wildly extravagant lifestyles. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't seem like their presence exists like anywhere outside of TikTok. Well, so I just like, she's on OnlyFans, isn't she? <laughs> I don't know. I honestly don't know. She might be. Yeah. Um, I feel like everyone's side hustle is OnlyFans and that's the people that are millionaires. <laughs> yes. I, I don't know. But there's a, there's a bunch of people like that though that that are in that kind of like upper crust of TikTokers that mm -hmm. appear to be unfathomably wealthy as a result. Uh, mm -hmm. But I don't know like what the inflection point is on that, you know? Because yeah. it seems like with with YouTube, like if you can regularly throw down videos that like get a million plus views, like you're doing really fucking good, right? Like, yeah. But I don't know what the equivalent is on on TikTok or if there is an equivalent or yeah, I don't, I don't... yeah, I think it. 
it's the yeah i don't know i don't know if there's any like tiktok creators that i follow particularly oh, i'm man. not sure if that's because of the app is designed that way or if it's just not my thing i mean but... what i what i find to be rather fascinating about tiktok as a platform just in general is like every single person like I've, I've done this with friends of mine that are that use tiktok that i've like gone out to dinner with and stuff where it's like show me your tiktok feed you know and it's like yeah. you are seeing you do not see a single thing that I see or a single person <laughs> that I see or whatever mm -hmm. else. And like, I, I, I follow these people and it's, it's like kind of amazing because like, you know, particularly in like, I, I don't know, like the, the YouTube world, it's like, you know who the top tech YouTubers are, the top gaming mm -hmm. YouTubers are. It's like, uh, it's same with Twitch and like people know those people. Right. But like mm. the, what appear to be like the top YouTubers to me, like people have never fucking heard of, or I'm sorry, the, mm -hmm. the top TikTokers, uh, mm -hmm. just like never heard of like, like mm -hmm. the, the Bella Porch is such a great example where it's like she put out that this music video and I was like, fuck, dude, this is crazy. Like this girl's like launching this music career on TikTok and mm -hmm. I cannot believe how huge this is. And I started like asking friends of mine that are into music. They're like, what are you talking about? I know you're in, mm -hmm. they're in heard about this person. Like, what are you even uh, is and it's I don't know. It's just wild how like they've created like localized Internet celebrities, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Which. I don't know. Like Lonnie, what do you, what is your TikTok feed typically consist of? Like what kind of, what kind of videos do you see? It's usually like a mix of like gaming stuff or like just random funny stuff or like the outlandish, like crazy guy cutting his hair off with pliers in the dark, just saying nonsense for 10 <laughs> minutes. Like, yeah. Are you describing your own TikToks? I hope that I can go on to make something like that someday. <laughs> Maybe not yet. I but see this guy it. all the time that his whole gimmick, I think he he lives in some city and his whole gimmick is to like test to see if like hose spigots on the outside of big buildings work. And then <laughs> he does his dance when they do. Uh -huh. And it's just like, again, this is someone like they've got a shitload of followers and all their videos yeah. do really well, but it's like not a single person that I talk to you has any fucking idea what I'm talking about. And I'm like, oh yeah, you see yeah. the guy that tests all the spigots, right? And then he's like, he's like, yeah, dog, it works. Yeah, dog. I love it. And then he does his little <laughs> dance and it's like, what are you fucking talking about? <laughs> I, yeah, I want to watch that. Or the I watch this, guy. I see this uh, woodworking guy that is like, this like ultra super duper like hardcore that like makes these really awesome things while just spewing like the most hardcore like uh political stuff imaginable and it's like this is like <laughs> so fucking weird and they see like this blind woodworking guy too that like does Jeez. really cool shit with like all blind tools and um i don't know a bunch of home improvement stuff uh, jared i wish you used tiktok so we could hear what kind of shit that you see i don't care it's I, weird um... it's like a mirror that reflects like what you didn't even know that you were interested in right well i just remember uh my wife's my father-in-law is um was a pool guy for 30 years owned his own business cleaning pools and stuff and um recently discovered that like that's a thing on tiktok like people like a pool guy will go and it'll be like a video of them turning like a somebody's pool turned green an abandoned house yeah. or something like that and, and refreshing it and getting it looking like sparkling clean or whatever and they're like millions of followers and stuff and i'm like this pool guy has millions of followers and but i get it like watching the video is very satisfying to see something go from old and crappy to like new and shiny again um and it's probably similar with other things like people bring back like uh, a, a silver platter and refinish it or you know something like that um so i kind of like get it but yeah i showed that to my father-in-law and he's just like 
I don't understand, but like, also, why couldn't I be this? You know what I mean? Like, why didn't anybody care to watch what I do? Yeah. Well, so I, I followed a pool guy for a while that pivoted into making rugs. Like, has anyone really? seen, have you even seen like the rug videos where you get these rug no. guns with the projector? Have you seen this? No. You know, oh my I God. I have no idea what you're talking what about. What the fuck is wrong with you? How do you not? <laughs> How have you not like seen this sort stuff? of so, the streetwear community is really taken to the rug making at home? <laughs> so basically, so Jared, like imagine like whatever fabric they use for like the backing of the rug, right? They like hang it uh-huh. on the wall and then they okay. get a projector that mm-hmm. just projects some kind of like simplified line art image, you know, like a cartoon Pokemon or Pokemon. Or or, yeah, but Pokemon's huge. Uh-huh. And then they kind of trace it with a marker and mm-hmm. almost do kind of and then they do like a paint by numbers thing almost with the rug gun. And then they end up with like a Pikachu rug or something. What is a rug gun? Like, I don't, it's like this thing that I don't know. This one's like, a smiley face. It's kind of like those. Oops. No. Oh yeah. See, Oh, you a have one rug. Oh rug. my gosh. Sorry to flex. That fucking rule. You are flexing. <laughs> um, it's like this thing that it's I'm like interested a in this sewing though. machine without a back to it almost where it's like, they hold it up to the thing and it like just pushes yarn through it. And then they put what glue the on the other side and like shave the extra shit off. And that's how you get no out of the rug. Way. I don't really know okay. how it works, but my cat can just like come and terrorize it and rip all these yarns out. You'd think it was demolished, but then you like wipe it and it's like, looks good as new. Really? Yeah. So there's probably like 5 million thread fibers packed in there. So I want to know more about this. Okay. Oh. I will. My homework for the weekend will be I'll watch more TikTok for you. Eli. I, I'll send you, uh, I'll send you some rug rug tiktoks get me on the rug the rug rabbit hole yeah it's yeah. me that pool boy you follow uh yeah. it's actually it's it's yeah it's the same guy actually uh oh yeah yeah, yeah. pool boy turn is his guy. name so here's the other thing with problem with tiktok though is like you'll just like lose people in the mix right so like if you don't mm-hmm. follow even if you do follow i follow so many people now that i can't find the people that i'm following yeah and uh I don't know. I'll remember what his name is. One of my problems with TikTok when I've messed with it is that I just don't understand what everything does, but that's just a dumb old person problem and just need to use it more, I guess. Oh, Casey Van Arsdale. That's his name. He does like, he started as a pool guy and pivoted into making rugs and like weird, like spray paint street art kind of stuff. Oh, I have seen him. Oh, there you go. See? (laughs) uh it kind of drives me nuts though because he's like what uh, the other thing i can't really wrap my head around with like tiktok and a lot of these platforms is like so this guy's a perfect example of this he's got millions of followers but it's just like constantly being banned because he like goes to the mat in the fucking comments like all the fucking time and it's like dude you're clearly (laughs) making money on this platform people always say dumb shit just like let them say dumb shit instead of like saying stuff that gets you reported then your channel banned for a week do i how do you even add somebody on TikTok? Oh my god! Lonnie, are you just Lonnie? Or are you Lonnie? Lonnie Dose. Oops, Dose. I I see. I so Jared, right. you're not following Lonnie. You're the second person I'm following on TikTok. It's you are not a TikTok person at all, Jared. No, I follow um, I follow that chick that re redraws logos. I love her. <laughs> uh, like the person that does the logos, but bad. Yeah, Emily. Oh, uh, yeah. What's your talking about? Are, are you not at Hodap? No, my TikTok is secret. Oh, great. <laughs> well, text it to me, and I'll. I maybe there's no reason to follow me. I don't post anything. I just lurk. I 
Oh, thanks for the follow back, Lonnie. I'm sorry I don't have any content to post. It's okay. I can wait. <laughs> Maybe someday. Maybe someday. <laughs> I, um, just, I just lurk and leave creepy okay, comments. Oh, weird. Oops. I'm watching the rug making thing now. Okay. So see what I'm saying? It's like a sewing machine, but like one-sided. What the almost. heck? Yeah, dude. Holy rug TikTok. crap, that's so cool. Yeah, I get on rug t- everyone needs to get on rug TikTok. Oh, dude, I want one of these rugs. <laughs> Pretty cool. Do you, Lonnie, do you see the uh, the dickheads that flip watches in New York City? Ever? I think I might have seen them and not quite known what they were doing. They just look like they're making money moves. Yeah, they like uh, go to these jewelry shops and like bully them into like selling them a watch on the cheap and then walk into another one and then sell that watch for like more money. And are like, yeah, like I just made a thousand dollars in 10 minutes, like kind of thing. Yeah, that's kind of a dick move. Meanwhile, it's my uncle, and this is all fake. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> all right, I'll be more on TikTok, you guys. I'm sorry. Well, you know. I'm old enough now, and TikTok's old no enough now. Yeah. <laughs> it, TikTok, I'm just starting to get into Facebook, so. It will show you your darkest desires. You'll be <laughs> the coolest guy on Facebook. Whether that's good or bad, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Um. All right, my brain is fried. Let's wrap this one up. What do you think about that, uh, Lonnie? Any departing thoughts for us? This was fun. Thank you guys for having me. What's some words uh, of wisdom from? Thanks for coming on the Lonnie verse. Words of wisdom. Those who words of, what's a twenty-eight-year-old ha- wisdom offer to us to old people in our almost forties? Oh my god, <laughs> almost forties. Uh. It's definitely i have no idea <laughs> you know stay young at heart and tiktok drink TikTok water your heart out watch tiktok like comment and subscribe <laughs> yeah <laughs> don't forget to ring the bell don't forget to ring the bell smash the bell still have that in the future uh... <laughs> i think you guys should post some of your handy cam iphone game things on tiktok oh my god that's Arm actually was trying... yeah. he's trying to get jared to do that uh, yeah, I haven't got around to. Or YouTube actually... has a feature you can make YouTube shorts from the video upload itself. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And it'll link back to the old one. Okay. Is that really easy to do? I feel like I've been seeing that like crazy now. It's... Yeah, you can do it on the YouTube app. Really? Hmm. I might wow. try and do that. Maybe I'll make a run at those shorts. You know, this is this is another thing try. that I'm learning. Well, I mean, right I know now. how much you love gambling. <laughs> Listen, I wouldn't say it's kind of like the lottery. I wouldn't say that I love gambling as much as I enjoy gambling. As much as I am just addicted to it, I could stop at any time, Jared. Yeah, I bet. My high, my high roller, twenty-five cent <laughs> minimum bets. Oh boy. Okay. Well, thank you everyone for listening to this week's episode. And thank you especially to Lonnie for joining us. This was a lot of fun. We should do this again in the future. Maybe once we we hit it big as big big time TikTokers, we'll have you come back on and we can reminisce about these old days. Yeah, of please non- don't forget TikTok-ing. about me. We won't. We never you will. Can show the show <laughs> off the rug that you've made in the next week, Jared. Yeah, I'll come back next week. I'll have made multiple rugs, I'm sure. I'll probably have become a pool guy. I don't know. We'll see. Um but anyway, thank you guys for listening to, the, to this week's episode. And as always, you can help us out by supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash touchercade or doing your Amazon shopping through touchercade.com forward slash Amazon. Um, and also, thank you to those who emailed us in this week. If you want to send us an email, podcast at touchercade.com. We accept all 
uh, Lonnie fan mail emails. Um, so with all that, thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll catch you on the next episode of the Touch Arcade Show. Uh-huh.